votre fils a quand même... Wapning and welcome to Laps Gamer Radio episode 58 where we're going to talk about video games and that. Uh, my name is Mark Hamer and I am excited about Persona 5. Joining Yay. me tonight is <laughs> Kevin Moore who is also excited about Persona 5. Oh <laughs> yeah! And Stuart Neal who is not excited about Persona 5 so is dead to me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit harsh. Fair but fair. Okay, I'm not specifically excited. But I have seen it running, and uh, it does look very, very impressive. It's available on PS3, is all I'm saying. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's even worse. That's even worse. You've <laughs> actually seen it before, us two. You swines. Yeah. <laughs> you, you are dead to me as well. I, I didn't get my grubby little mitts on it, though, so I'm not. <laughs> it's not that bad yet. <laughs> oh, man. Good. <laughs> so at uh, time of recording, it is Persona Eve mm-hmm. on April the 3rd. By the time you've heard this, like, yeah everyone who's interested will have played it for a bit at least i know me and kev have got tomorrow and the day after off work oh, yep this is going to be a weird episode because i I've, i'm um yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the I've last got... time that you will hear from us for about the yeah. next two months um it's been nice talking to you for a while yeah i'll just be doing the show by myself or if and when andy and ali are ready <laughs> <laughs> bring them in as well that's alright I'll just turn it into Laps Gamer whiskey and you know everything will be fine maybe we could get Werner Herzog to review Persona 5 <laughs> <laughs> moving on to our first segment Price is Just About Right Kev you bought anything? Fuck all. <laughs> Nothing. Okay, great. Moving on. Stu, have you bought anything? I have. Um, Sh- Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions has now been removed from Steam, but it is currently discounted on the Humble Store down to about £5 something. Uh, so I picked that up. Dare I ask what Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions is? It's a Spider-Man game. Is that all I need to know? (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) It's not too badly regarded as a Spider-Man game, and I thought, well, yeah, it's cheap. It's um, apart from possibly buying it on console, uh, at least this way I'll have it on Steam. How well does it stack up against Spider-Man Two? No idea. Okay, it is available for Beans and Buttons now on PS3, though. Yeah, so it probably equates to about the same price as what you paid on Humble. Probably, mm. if it's even on PS3 anymore, I dare say, because the license has now ran out, um, if it is still there, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not there much longer. Uh, I'm talking about yeah. hard copy future, boy. Good God. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> I have bought something uh, that I can't talk about now, but I'll talk about when we're talking about what games we played. And I also pre-ordered Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch. Oh, I've done that. Because I checked on Frugal Gaming, and it was the cheapest... Uh, through Amazon it was like £42 oh, uh, but with with a Prime subscription it was 40 Oh, it's not too monkeys <laughs> what how much did you pay what have you done Kev um, 48 who's through um, I'm trying to remember now because I do pre-orders with so many people I think it's with Amazon so I'll be okay because <laughs> they'll just change yeah, it anyway you'll, yeah. you'll get the pre-order price guarantee yeah. Uh, yeah it's still a lot of money for the deluxe version of a game that's a few years old but mm-hmm. uh See, Splatoon 2 is still doesn't have a release date, but is listed as like forty nine ninety nine mm. everywhere, which is a lot of money. Um, but yeah, but that's all I bought. That's all that I've purchased over the last week. Fair enough. It does when- mean that you'll have two games for the um, Switch then, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> When's Mario Kart 8 out? Late April? Uh, April 28th. Not long. Yay! We will have to get a couple of Mario Kart sessions then on the Wii U before yeah. you all just leave me behind in my little generational time capsule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay then, uh, moving on to what we've recently played. Kev, have you played anything? Fuck all. <laughs> no? Nothing at all. He haven't played anything over the last week. He hasn't bought anything, he hasn't played anything, he just hasn't left the house. <laughs> I don't even turn up to these gigs anymore. Um, 
me recently played then if you count adobe audition and adobe photoshop as games then suddenly i'm the most hardcore gamer on the fucking planet but i don't <laughs> think that's the case yet it's because i'm photoshopping donald trump's face onto geese <laughs> <laughs> I need to see this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I need to see that. I'll keep you posted. I'll keep you in the loop. Can that be the... Uh, that's got to be the, the image for this for this episode now, right? <laughs> uh, okay, then. Uh, Stu, uh, well, have you uh, been playing anything? Well, if Kev's allowed to include Adobe Audition and Photoshop, then I want to include Excel. <laughs> Microsoft Excel and LibreOffice um, Calc. <laughs> Because more than likely I have been making a spreadsheet of games of some description. Um, Apart from that, I have also been playing desert golfing. I am back to putting a little ball around the desert again. I am currently up to hole 4,100 and something or other. (laughs) I have taken an average shot of about 2.8, which means I think my total shots is, what, well over um, 12,000 at the minute. I... I have no idea if I'm ever, ever going to finish it, but I play it every so often. Where the fuck is the clubhouse? (laughs) That's a very, very (laughs) good question. I have also been playing some other games, but we will get to those later on. Fair enough. Right, okay, I I guess I better pick up the slack then, had I? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I played some more LEGO Worlds. Uh, following on from my little discussion last week, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to give this a crack playing a decent chunk on my own um, to see if it is as bad on your own as, as uh, the experience you had, Kev. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm kind of enjoying it oh. still. Like, not as much as it is, you know, not as much fun as it is playing co op, but you yeah. like, you still, you can just do some really dumb stuff. Mm. Like, um, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I made my own like uh basically like Coliseum murder pit sort of thing. Um I dug a big pit out of the, the ground on one of the worlds and just spawned some NPC characters and then uh spawned some crocodiles and then just stood and watched. That sounds like fun. Some of fucking monster. <laughs> Maybe I just really hate my own company, and that's why I really can't stand to play on my own. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Uh, no, it's just it's like uh, you've got to you've got to make your own fun because, like, aside from the, the quests and stuff, are kind of like little simple throwaway things, like go and give this item to this character, mm. or this character wants this item painting and shit like that. Yeah, they're very perfunctory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's nothing great about them, but like it's uh, it's closest to like the the. It's closest to what Lego is, I think, than any Lego game has been before, mm. because it's just a playground, just a toolkit. You get, you can build whatever you want and do whatever the hell you want, and like, uh, you know, like the whole thing in the Lego Movie about like um, mixing and matching the different Lego worlds <laughs> yeah. together and stuff mm. like that. It kind of it, it encourages that. It's like you land on the worlds and they are like individual and sort of like bayou swamp sort of area with like wooden huts and fishermen and crocodiles and hillbillies. And then there's another world that's like volcanic and it's got cavemen. And there's another world that's got pirates and another world that's got um, medieval characters and stuff. And you just kind of like suck up characters and, and things like that uh, uh, from those different worlds and then just mash them together and just see what happens. Um, just create your own chaos like i I mean the the more i the more and more you play um like the more gold blocks you get then the more uh more worlds you can go and visit and so the the bigger your toolkit gets it doesn't give you everything to start off with so it kind of like artificially limits you at first Mm, it does uh so you got to play more and more to get the stuff that you need but then when you've the as you get more and more stuff it's just you can create so much weird shit and have a real good laugh with it. Uh, I'm kind of really enjoying it, like bugs and all. So there. <laughs> so yeah. So screw you, Kev. It's fun. <laughs> what else have we been playing? Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, oh, God. Uh, I'm like 20-something hours into it now. Um, 
The storyline hasn't really gotten any better. It's still a bit dumb and trashy and just not up to the standard of uh, previous Mass Effect games. But from like the odd little side mission that's been really good and one of them that was like really genuinely hilarious from start to finish uh, in a wacky sci-fi adventure way. So yeah, I'm, again, I'm, I'm still enjoying that despite its many, many, many flaws. I don't know if i'll enjoy that to the end because even a even i can get tired of like a trashy uh tv series after a while and i might get tired of this trashy sci-fi game but so far it's doing all right played some more zelda breath of the wild not surprised what a shocker <laughs> but i mean i was playing it a little bit differently over the weekend laid in the back standing on your head no no i was, <laughs> I was noodling around on the, the laptop doing some bits and pieces uh and zoe was here and she was playing um she got her switch docked in my dock and <laughs> hey <laughs> <laughs> oh matron um it's getting a bit saucy she had a switch in my dock and she was uh playing <laughs> she was playing zelda on the tv uh and she's she, she she was in an area that I had been to before and then found loads of stuff that I hadn't found before. So I just immediately grabbed my Switch, walked to that area, and then we were kind of like on two separate screens running around the same area, discovering different things and telling each other. Yeah, oh, okay. And it was really, it was a really cool experience. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like taking that, you know, playground thing from uh, age-old Zelda's when we were kids, like yeah. telling people like oh i found this so here and here and like just kind of like making it a little bit more immediate so yeah that was that was good fun that game still is just magical um i cannot get enough of it but the main game i wanted to talk about this week is uh something new well not something new something old in an effort to try and understand what makes my girlfriend tick i decided to indulge in one of her favorite game series which is Kingdom Hearts. Now, this is a series that's been around for a good while, and I, I was kind of aware of it, uh, and I knew the general gist, but uh, it always looked a little bit silly, and so I never bothered with it. It's a Squeenix game mm-hmm. set in kind of... Oh, it's going to be difficult to explain. It's basically like a mashup of Final Fantasy with the old Disney animated films. Whenever I've seen the sleeves for it, it always looks like um, Final Fantasy in Disneyland. That's basically it it's not like turn-based or anything it's it's, a, it's an action rpg so you run around and you have like an attack button oh, hate them. <laughs> but, no, but not like it's but it's more like an action platformer in a weird way yeah i think it's just because i've got the reflexes of a dead slug now so i can't really <laughs> yeah. play anything anymore it's like except turn-based yeah so it's like you play uh i can't even remember what the main character's name is that's bad. Uh, whatever. Mickey Mouse. Uh, you play like <laughs> traditional Japanese square soft, spiky head kind of anime. Mickey Mouse. Uh, no, not Mickey Mouse. No, <laughs> you, you're playing like a like a Final Fantasy looking character, except for the fact that he's got giant shoes that kind of fits in with the Disney thing in a weird way. There's like some weird evil thing turns up and starts sucking up the hearts of various characters around this world and also in another world mickey mouse has gone missing because the stars have started going out in the sky and he wants to find out what's going on and so uh goofy and donald duck um, go off to try and find someone to help them find mickey mouse and drive away the evil and that someone else is is your player character who has a big sword that looks like a key called the Keyblade. This is all sounding really dumb. No, this is sounding like an LSD trip. <laughs> that is, that is it's kind of so fucking weird. It's like, once you get out of like the main sort of hub town, which is like sort of halfway between Final Fantasy and Disney, like it looks like a Disney town, but it's inhabited by uh, various characters from Final Fantasy games, like Sid, um, who's been in every final fantasy game i think and um uh squall from final fantasy 8 and yuffie and tifa and Eris and you know all the final fantasy characters from the ps1 ps2 era and yeah you go off on an, on an epic quest with goofy and donald duck who is fucking hilarious um <laughs> all the disney characters uh within reason apart from the ones that's from the older characters who the voice actors aren't weren't alive then um they're all voiced by the real people so i got a cut scene quite early on where you see in shadows the pantheon of 
these evil characters and what whatever like evil that's being done in the world is being done by um maleficent is that how you say her name mm-hmm. there's like um hades from disney hercules who's voiced by james woods and ursula from uh the little mermaid who's voiced by whoever did the voice of that uh, apparently scars in it and he's voiced by Jeremy Irons, uh, Oogie Boogie from um, Nightmare Before Christmas, um, <laughs> Captain Hook from Peter Pan, all these, all these like crazy Disney characters. The double team of like, uh, I think you get more uh, team members later on, but at the moment I'm running around with with Goofy and Donald Duck, and Donald Duck is the, like the the interplay between Goofy and Donald Duck is genuinely funny. Mm. Um, I'm not that far into it. I've done like the first sort of area and then moved on to the first world, which was uh, an Alice in Wonderland world where Alice is on trial and you have to what, try and work out what's happened and, and prove that Alice is innocent to, so she doesn't get her head chopped off by the Queen of Hearts. And there are certain characters they had to miss out because... You can't really have the Mad Hatter without Edwin's voice, and mm. he wasn't alive yeah. then, so <laughs> they, they couldn't do that. But the Cheshire Cat's in there, and the Queen of Hearts, and so on and so forth. And Why is it that Alice in Wonderland actually sounds like the most sane part of this bleeding game? It's not at all sane. It's like, it's mixing together, like, traditional Disney with with your Square Enix JRPG tropes. Yeah. So the story, the way the story is introduced makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Uh, and that would kind of put me off usually but it's the disneyness is keeping me in i'm actually really enjoying it and i was really skeptical about this i thought um i thought it was going to be a bit shit uh but i'm actually really enjoying it i got the uh kingdom hearts hd 1.5 and 2.5 remix collection on ps4 so it's got kingdom hearts final mix which is the ultimate version of the original kingdom hearts which is the one i'm playing through at the moment um which is an up version of the remake that was on ps3 uh but now runs in 60 <laughs> frames a second uh at 4k which so is it's the nice. disco mix <laughs> the disco mix yeah uh, yeah and then this the title start to get really really confusing kingdom hearts re colon chain of memories uh, which is a a remake of a 3ds game um (laughs) and then kingdom hearts 358 slash two days which is hd remastered cinematics uh kingdom hearts 2 final mix which is the the ultimate version of kingdom hearts 2 kingdom hearts birth by sleep final mix which is a remake of a psp kingdom hearts game uh and then kingdom hearts re colon coded which is another hd remastered cinematics and then there's a separate one uh which i'm not going to bother getting which is like kingdom hearts 2.8 something 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 (laughs) which is yet more stuff don't forget this kingdom hearts zippity doodah coming out for the switch this year the game titles are just as stupid as the game is itself there's Uh, a a weird chronological (laughs) order to them as well isn't there they're not even quite in the order that they're being released or even numbered no zoe's told me she she wrote down on a piece of paper what order i should play the games in because it's it's not it's not the order that's on the menu (laughs) but um awesome it's got uh right so so yeah i'm playing through the first one which is 15 years old now and they've usually when you do like a hd update because they haven't remade it they've just up up res the graphics um and they usually when you did that again it's like 15 years old from like ps2 era it's still going to look a bit shit yep uh and some of the textures and stuff do but it's on the whole it's a really nice looking game it runs perfectly smoothly at 60 frames a second it's like uh, 4k resolution looks really nice um there are some control quirks uh that that give away its age like uh, you can't remap the buttons, uh, so circle is jump and X is attack, which is confusing as hell. Mm, it's not such a bad thing now because, I mean, we flip between Switch and PS4 these days and I'm forever hitting the wrong button when I'm on the menu for either console. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not so much a problem. The camera is pretty responsive, but not as not the level that we kind of expect nowadays. Mm. And there's a few other little bits and pieces that are kind of a little bit annoying that kind of that are very much relics of its time. But I, for a 15 year old game, I'd say it holds up really, really well. 
there's a multitude of different different Disney worlds you get to go and visit and different Disney characters and as someone who kind of grew up on those Disney films and has still got a real big soft spot for them and loves old Squaresoft JRPGs, loves the Final Fantasy series, the idea of mashing those two together, I don't know why I've avoided it for so long, <laughs> but I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm going to try and do a video on it. Um as soon as I can convince Zoe to get in front of a microphone with me. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't she doesn't she's not very keen on that. But I need I need her to explain to me and our viewers a little bit more about what the fuck is going on in this game. <laughs> uh, so far two thumbs up. I'm really enjoying it. Ooh, would I recommend any of those for a lapsed gamer? Yeah, probably Lego Worlds. It's cheap enough as well. It's a good entry level. Yeah, and you can play it for as long or as much as you want. Mm. Uh, it's not a particularly difficult game. There are enemies in it that will kill you, but your penalty for being killed is instant respawn with no loss of anything. So... Pfft. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really god mode. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Lego Worlds. Uh, it's just a big sandbox playground of exactly what lego's supposed to be well thinking forward um for a lapse gamer i'm going to recommend persona 5 now because <laughs> i'm not going to be talking don't, to any fucker for a long time man. <laughs> we can't do that we, we we can't in good conscience recommend persona 5 you know how long that game is right oh yeah <laughs> apparently it's over 100 hours long that's it i'm quitting <laughs> So, yeah, don't. If you're a lapsed gamer, if you have any time constraints, do not get Persona 5. <laughs> Please. <laughs> You'll never finish it. Okay, uh, moving on. Stu, you went somewhere at the weekend. Where did you go? I went away. <laughs> no, I went to <laughs> EGX Rest in London. Uh, this is my first race, and after really enjoying um, EGX Birmingham last year, I s- pointed it out to my wife and said, I'd quite like to go to this, and we then turned it into a family holiday to London. Hey. So we were over for, um, well, it was four nights, uh, five days, and so we did um, some of the touristy things and what have you with the kids. Went up to the London Eye, uh, went to the Natural History Museum, went round the bus tours, boat tour, and uh, did a number of other bits and pieces and had a great time. And then on the Saturday we went to EGX Raised, where I saw and played many, many games. Before you go on to the um, the games and stuff, did you, did you go to any of the talks that were on? No, um, I didn't have time and with having the kids and everything, um, I would have liked to have went um, to at least some of them but I say unfortunately time just did not allow it the big one that I would have wanted to go and see unfortunately was like 12 o'clock on Thursday mm-hmm. but that was uh, Ken Levine yeah it was still it's crazy that Ken Levine was at like EGX Res like the smaller indie version of EGX yep. but um I know he's running his own indie studio now, but yeah, I would have loved to have seen that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. That's quite right. Um, so yes, EGX Rails, just a fantastic um, little event. It is being held in the Tobacco Dock in London, um, which is just a little bit, about a five minute, ten minute walk away from the um, Shadwell um, overground train station. And just the atmosphere of the place is really lovely. The Tobacco Dock obviously... Um, sort of has a certain amount of history and everything to it and um, within the building itself uh, there's two floors uh, there's the floor that you go into and then there's a basement floor um, but each of the the floors is actually separated up in two little rooms um, so a lot of different um, sort of development teams and what have you and um, sort of even promoted um, rooms and things. For example, there was um, ID at Xbox, and there was like a an EGX VR uh, zone, and there was the Leftfield collection, which is full of really really small um, indie developers, um, all in one room. There was an absolutely massive just general indie room um, with just plenty of um, stands and things, but. The because they're all compartmentalised, it actually keeps an awful lot of the background noise um, that we had at EGX down, so it makes it an awful lot easier to actually stand and talk to the developers without necessarily having to shout at them. Um, yeah, which full was, EGX is a noisy place. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
which was really good. And as I say, particularly with the uh, sort of smaller developers and, you know, the people who are literally, they are the dev of the game that you're, um, uh, that they're showing off and you're standing there talking to them. It was really nice to actually get time and a little bit of quietness um, to sit and talk to them. Um, so the games that I actually sat and played, um, I'll rattle through this list quite quickly. Um, let's see, there was Area uh, by Suodesco, um, which is a... Um, sort of music based um, version of Bastion almost um, really really nice to play looks fantastic uh, there's the Signal from Tolva um, by Big Robot which I think is going to be out very very soon um, which appears to be like a, a first person shooter slash um, sort of mystery game where you are um, controlling a robot um, landed on a world something's going on you have to try and find out what um, looked very very impressive uh, there's been an awful lot of um, media interest in that one um, I was playing in ops um, which I actually played last year at EGX Rails or EGX sorry Birmingham and the guys there were actually very impressed that I still had a sticker on the back of my phone for their game uh, unfortunately they weren't able to replace it um, InOps is a mobile game that's very much in the style of um, sort of a black foreground with a colourful background um, in the style of something like Limbo or um, Electronic Superjoy. Um, but because it's on mobile, it's actually uh, tilt controlled. Um, and you control like a suit sprite from, say, something like uh, Spirited Away uh, or My Neighbor Totoro. And as you go through the levels, you collect more of them. So there's an opportunity to push, um, put both two thumbs or two fingers on the screen, and they all merged up into one big suit sprite um, that you can then sort of bounce on little platforms and things that you wouldn't be able to as the smaller ones. But then there's obviously narrower gaps where you need to separate them out and uh, get through the level. It's a fantastic little game that's looking really well. Um, what they've done in the last six months or so is they've polished it up um, a little bit. Not that it needed an awful lot, but they've added an awful lot more levels and sort of themes um, to the levels that they've got now. Uh, so that's looking very, very good. I'm not sure on when they're planning on releasing. Uh, they said hopefully this year sometime, um, but aren't being um, concrete on uh, when it's actually going to be coming out. Mm. Um, one of the other games then was Figment, um, which is by Bedtime Digital Games. It's a hand-painted um, game, um, sort of in a, I want to say 2D environment, but you do actually sort of wander around it vaguely, um, sort of isometric. Um, but my son was sitting playing away on it and was managing fairly well on it, um, just on a normal Xbox controller. And that looks really, really nice. The uh, sound design and everything on that was really, really good. Um, bedtime games uh, or bedtime digital games have sort of a background of doing um, some other bits and pieces that have done have gone over quite well so I'm expecting big things from this whenever it gets released um, Snake Pass by Sumo Digital um, is actually out uh, actually that's, yeah. that's one of the things that quite surprised me there was quite a few games at Rez that were, are actually out um, something like Super Arcade Football has been out for a good wee while and was there. Uh, Snake Pass, I enjoyed and I can see why people like it, but I had difficulties with the controls. Um, being a snake controlling game and what have you, you uh, actually have to hold down a trigger button and sort of wiggle uh, the thumbstick um, to get you moving forwards and what have you. And then you can climb up like bamboo frames and things like that. But I was having difficulty actually getting anywhere with it. I... It's definitely one to possibly have a look at in the future. Um, and if I had another go at it, and maybe a little bit more time to sit and play it, um, I probably would like it a lot more. But again, I was um, standing talking to one of the developers of it, and uh, uh, they, for how it looks, actually, it has only been in development for uh, just over a year. And for them to get out such a polished game is very, very impressive. Um, and it's very good. Also, the fact that the... Um, developer um, he said that he was actually has a master's in like um, it was chemistry or something like that and just decided no this isn't for me and then suddenly <laughs> went into game development and uh, so he's been working on that which is quite impressive 
a couple of other ones uh, sure fitting by table flip which is a procedurally generated infinite runner very very colorful um country themed levels so if you're in australia it's upside down if it's in you're in japan it's going from uh, right to left instead of left to right for london it's raining for moscow it's snowing um my son was having great fun with that uh, just because of the sort of thumping um bass beat uh, soundtrack and what have you to it um <laughs> I was also playing The Blob by THQ hey. Nordic. Why? Why is that there? I've played The Blob games. Well, yeah, I, I have. Yeah, whenever it was originally released, I think it was a Wii exclusive at the time, and then I think The Blob yeah. 2 was released on a number of other formats, but they are now going to be releasing it on Xbox One, PC, and um, PS4. Um, because THQ kind of went south or went bankrupt or whatever part of it mm. then split up off into THQ Nordic so they've got um, things like The Blob and Spell Force uh, right. well, Spell Force 3 which is coming out so obviously they're now trying to release them on other formats um, just because the games are there and obviously just porting them over um, could be sort of a nice little quick win for them uh, so it's I sat and played that in two player with my son and it was it was good fun Um it's, you can probably pick it up for buttons now on a Wii if you still have, um, you know, fired into your Wii U, and you could play away on that, so you could. Uh, one of the other ones was Wargroove by Chucklefish Games. Now, this is the one that's coming out on the Switch, um, but it's obviously coming to. It was in the ID at Xbox um, room, so it's probably coming. Uh, it's coming to Xbox as well, and probably a couple of other ones. This is the one that's really weird because it's basically a medieval version of Advance Wars. Um, which it what? seems, yeah, it seems a little bit cheeky um, to release this on the Switch <laughs> and have it being promoted by Nintendo, uh, considering mm. they're basically ripping off what was Advance Wars. Um, well, yeah, well, and is now Fire Emblem. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's um, it's yeah. If you like Advance Wars, you're going to love this. <laughs> Very simply, um, I was also playing a very quick go on Sonic Mania, which why. Is Ah, my son brought me in. He wanted to see a Sonic game. He was Fair uh, He was playing the first level of it, and they looked to have done a really, really good job. Um, Is it because mm. there was no queue for it? It was actually quite... Well, there was a little bit of a queue, um, but <laughs> and actually in Rezd itself, the queues were no more than, um, say, one or two people deep um, for just about most of the games. Um, yeah, well, looking at how many you've played, there can't have been... That was because you've just got a huge list of stuff that you've got through, and we're not even uh, halfway there. I know. Um, considering we were only there, we arrived just after ten o'clock or so and left at about three. So that's what five hours with a little lunch mm. break in between as well. Um, Bloody hell! It, it was really nice to be able to get to play so many games. Uh, so yeah, Sonic Mania is a very nice um, sort of tribute to the original Sonic games. The level that we were playing was the original Green Hill Zone, but it's slightly remixed. So some of the layout is very similar to obviously the Sonic 1 um, mm-hmm. version of the level but they um, seemingly have just remixed added a little bit on the, to the levels and what have you and they still seem to play um, as good as uh, that original one thankfully they seem to have um, ditched a lot of the suspect physics and what have you that they decided to introduce in things like Sonic Episode 4 and what have you um, so it's nice to see that it's getting back to its roots and that's not necessarily a bad thing but again you do have to wonder who was no, ori- who, still a bad thing yeah who was originally asking for it in the first <laughs> yeah. place ah, there are some adam. weird sonic fans out there yeah, adam <laughs> yeah there are some people out there who like sonic for some unknown reason yeah uh, then a couple of other sort of smaller games that I was playing are Neon Souls Juncture. Um, this was a little mobile game that reminds me of um, a couple of other games I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, it's kind of set in a war zone, but part of it is sort of avoiding searchlights and things and trying to bring um, two people um, together uh, through this war zone. And obviously it's avoiding the searchlights and what have you, which um, are rhythm based and uh, set to music and things. Unfortunately, the music wasn't working, but I was assured that it is good. Um, again, just made by a, um, just a single developer um, when he gets the chance to. Um, another one, Moonlighter and Aero. Uh, Moonlighter was like a top-down uh, little RPG thing. I think you run a shop, but then you're also a, um, a hero of some description who goes out in the forest and things and um, sort of tries to rid the land of uh, evil uh, monsters and things. And Aero, A-A-E-R-O, was a uh, rhythm-based sort of 
tunnel shooter-ish. You go through various tunnels and use the controller to try and stay on a line um, that goes around the tunnel itself and then there's parts of it where there's enemies coming up and you try and shoot them. Um, it was on Xbox and it was enjoyable but um, and looked fantastic but it wasn't really grabbing me um, for the little bit of time that I played it. Um, Let's see, where else? Um, the other place that I was in then was the uh, National Film and uh, Television School uh, section. Um, I have played, or at least seen, some of these games, um, as I say, at EGX Birmingham last year. Uh, so it was nice to actually get hands-on and actually speak to the de- developers of these. Uh, so the first one was Aliyah, and uh, the developer of this was Jamila Khan. Um, it's a... Story-based, um, sort of point-and-click adventure. Um, she is still working on it and uh, working with other developers on other games as well. Um, but this is her own personal pet project, and it's um, from the little part of the sort of slice um, that I played of the game. She was hoping for sort of possibly a episode, episodic release, maybe, or just release the whole thing. But it'll be um, told as episodes. And you start off as a Leah and you get a little bit of information um, about what's going on, but you start a new job and something had happened terribly, um, sort of two years prior or whatever. And then the demo finishes with you missing a phone call and sort of the rest of the game then will be um, finding out what actually happened during that. The art style on it is like a, almost like a paper cutout collage. Um, thing which looks a little bit odd but actually works um, really well because it, it sets it up as a, a, a unique way um, of showing the game um, so it'll be really nice to see whenever that comes out um, how it looks um, as a finished product uh, the other one then was Night Bazaar uh, which is by Laura Dodds um, you are a fortune teller um, who has been told by your uh, grandmother or taught by your grandmother um, how to tell fortunes in the sort of a local market and um, the game is you um, sort of dealing out cards and what have you and trying to fill your way through the cards to satisfy your customers um, about predictions and things um, about what's going to happen with their lives uh, so that's going to be interesting as well the final game that I was playing was Cello Cello uh, which was in the left field collection um, this was one I was just sort of dandering through the Leffield collection and bumped into Jordan Erica Weber off of the telly and Guardian fame. She is. Ring the lovey alarm, <laughs> quick, ring the lovey alarm. <laughs> she is currently the Gadget Show game correspondent and uh, presents on that with Craig Charles. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, we, they were, her and two other people were sitting playing this. Um, it's like a slow motion racing game where you have to get to a point in the level before anybody else. And you can pick up certain power ups and things within the level to try and stop, um, your other players getting there as well. It was, I think it was on PC and it actually supports up to eight people, um, uh, as a local co, well, a local, um, multiplayer game. And that sounds insane. Yeah, um, really quite impressive. Um, it's simple graphics and everything. Obviously, you're just little dots, um, but you're coloured, so you know which one is you. And um, but the, I give the controllers to the kids. I had one as well, so there was six of us playing at the same time, and uh, it was enjoyable. And uh, yes, so a little bit starstruck as I was also talking to Jordan um, earlier whenever my son was playing more of the switch than i have so far as he got a quick <laughs> go on pocket rumble um which for anybody who's old enough to remember the neo geo pocket color is very like the capcom fighters game um that was on that um whenever the pocket rumble was initially released or shown during the uh, nintendo direct um presentation um i instantly got the sort of feels and what have you off it but i thought it was going to be a an exclusive to them but um, I saw it later on in the show, um, up in the indie section, and it looked to be on possibly a PS4 or Xbox, um, because I didn't see a Switch um, sitting around anywhere, so it'll be interesting to see what other platforms that comes to. Um, but that looks like a very impressive little 2D, um, sort of 8-bit retro um, beat up uh, which will be very impressive. Right, as for the ones that I saw then, 
Um, I had. Oh, a- before we move on from your rubbing shoulders as celebrities, yes. <laughs> did you uh, did you combine the handshake and the handing off a business card in one move? Thing? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, she. Oh, I, I missed I, the trick. No, I know. <laughs> uh, she was uh, asking what I was doing and what have you there, and actually bizarrely asking if I was in the industry and I said no I'm just an amateur podcaster and uh, <laughs> so I actually then started talking to her about she used to do uh, the Not A Game podcast with Tom Hatfield um, who's mm-hmm. another Guardian writer and uh, so that's how I got talking to her at that stage but yes I probably could have snuck my business card in there but yes miss, I missed opportunity <laughs> <laughs> then as for the ones that I saw um, but didn't actually get to play hands on First one was Forgotten Anne, which is by Throughline Games and is being supported by the Square Enix Collective um, Games Initiative. This is a fantastic looking game, which is um, animated and it looks like a, a Studio Ghibli film. And it's beautiful. It's the score and what have you is done by, oh, I'm going to forget. It's either the Norwegian or the Swedish. I think I'm nearly sure it's Norwegian um, Philharmonic Orchestra. Uh, so that tells you about the sort of money that is potentially behind this, particularly as it's done through the Square Enix Collective as well. Um, it's You play as Anne, and there's sort of a lot of time-turning effects and things like that. A uh, little bit of adventure a little bit of platforming, what have you. And it uh, looks phenomenal. And uh, I think a lot of people have been raving about this. Um, the other ones then, quickly. Uh, Serial Cleaner by Curve Digital, which you are a cleaner of serial murders <laughs> basically you go around <laughs> cleaning up um, crime scenes um, I'm trying to think of the other one that was based on Shadow Warrior was it Visceral Cleanup Detail um, so that that was first person this is like a um, sort of an elevated view top down uh, sort of one and uh, with, with, with it being curved digital there's obviously that sort of sense of humour to it as well well, uh, as well as that, with it being curved digital, it'll probably turn up on PS Plus anytime soon. Anyway. I w- yeah, I would dare say that that's a very good chance. 14 titles so far on yep. PS Plus, so I hang fire on that one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, Let Them Come was a... Uh, I'm trying to think which one this was. It was by Versus Evil, and it was a um, 2D side-scrolling um, shoot-em-up, which looked very impressive. Uh, there was Oniri Islands, which is by Tourmaline Studio. It's currently on Kickstarter. Um, it is a mobile game um, where you actually get something very, very similar to um, Amiibos. Um, they're two little figures, and you get a variety of masks um, with them if you actually buy the physical um, product. And it's actually a two-player game as well. Um, so the pair of you actually work uh, together and to get through each of the levels um, by moving the character around on the screen. Um, so that looked quite good. Uh, there was um, Smash Up, which is a collectible card game by Nomad Games. Um, I it looked okay. It didn't seem to. I wasn't as impressed with it as something like Hearthstone. It didn't seem to be as instantly um, sort of easy to get into. Uh, there was Demambo, uh, which is a four-player um, game on the Switch by To Kitchen. Um, which looked okay. Uh, Pocket Rumble again by To Kitchen. Um, the other ones then that I don't have uh, publishers for. There was Slime Rancher, which is actually out already. There was Phantom Halls, which looked almost like a 2D Resident Evil-ish um, sort of haunted mansion game, um, which could be quite interesting. There was Elix, which I think actually was by THQ Nordic, or at least it was in their room, uh, which looked good as a uh, sort of third person um, sort of action RPG um, similar to some of the stuff that Ali would um, play and would probably like uh, there's the new version of Cinemora um, which is called Cinemora X the version yeah, the version that was running on the screens I couldn't see a wild amount of difference from the ordinary version that I've already played um, ah, but the ordinary version doesn't matter. It's so good. Well, yeah, it is such a, a great little game. Um, it's well worth seeking out, and it's probably really cheap now as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, Spellforce 3, oh, which, again, was THQ Nordic. Um, it's more Spellforce, and it looks really good, and they are huge games for people to sink time into. Um, Block Ships was another one that I think um, I'd played definitely at EGX, and I think Kev might have played as well. 
um, you start off as basically just a little um, block and you actually go around the screen um, picking up bits and pieces um, of a ship um, be it either engine parts or weapons um, but depending on the way that you bump into them they attach to a certain side um, of your little block so if you pick one up um, on your left side then you can only ever shoot left or if you um, pick an engine up on the sort of the top level of your block then you can only really move down there's a little bit of drift in it um, that you can actually sort of move yourself but you're trying to get a nice combination of weapons and um, engines to try and take out the other three people on the screen at the same time um, again it's already available as far as I know um, it's a really good fun local multiplayer game um, I saw Fable Fortune which is a collectible card game based on the Fable universe uh, looks quite good. I think the guys had said that it is going to be free to play. They're currently in an open beta um, of it as far as I know and they are kind of going down the Hearthstone route of doing sort of paid for expansions um, and then obviously buying card de- card packs and things as well um, but they said that there will be a, a fair amount of um, play as a single player game. Uh, well it's, um, there is the tutorial and what have you but i uh, as in, you don't necessarily have to pay um, to actually get cards and what have you. There will be a fair amount of whatever currency they use in game that you can win um, from winning games and things. Uh, they actually boost up your pack. There was Ooblets, um, which so many people have been raving about and looks very impressive. Um, there was Rhyme, um, which is a. I want to say sales shielded, but it's not. It's, I don't know how to describe the outside. This one's been floating around for ages. It has this been, was, yeah. It was a ps4 exclusive for a while it was going to be uh apparently it's had some issues in development uh kind of disappeared for a while didn't know it was going to be coming out and then they said yeah it's definitely coming out we're also no longer a ps4 exclusive it's also coming out on xbox one and switch yep probably the best way of explaining it is it's somewhere in between probably now Zelda Breath of the Wild and Mm -hmm. a little bit of Shadow of the Colossus and Mm. The Last Guardian. It's uh, that sort of style of RPG um, Mm. where you have a little companion and it it looks brilliant. Um, It does look gorgeous. Yeah. Um, So that's going to be a good time thing for a lot of people. And then the last one that I saw and was actually talking to the dev about was The Occupation, which is Mm -hmm. a first-person RPG or a first-person point-and-click sort of adventure where you are literally playing in real time for about four and a half hours or so, they said the game runs, um, where you're basically a whistleblower journalist um, set sometime in the, I think it was either the 70s or 80s, and depending on what clues and things you find during your playtime um, will actually then depend on the uh, the ending, what have you, that you get, and whether or not you turn into, you know, um, whether you actually do um, uh, sort of blow the whistle and what have you on the sort of dodgy dealings and things that are going on or, you know, who you incriminate and things like that uh, within that. So that looked really good as well. They are currently considering VR for that, and it looked as if it would be then really nice slow pace um, that would work really well as, uh, with that. Um, and again, with a short playtime as well. Um, that could be quite interesting. And the last one was Persona 5, which looks fantastic. I've, <laughs> so never, I've never heard of that one. What's that? <laughs> this is getting caught. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't see a whole lot. It was kind of a whistle stop no. sort of running past and what have you. There was a fur crowd around Persona 5, obviously. I'm not surprised. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, from the sort of small amount of um, things that I could see going on on screens, it just looks absolutely brilliant. And uh, it, do, it looks just oozes style. It really does. All, this, yeah. all the footage I've seen. Oh, man. Absolutely. Oh, tomorrow can't come soon enough. <laughs> the other one that I was wanting to sort of point out was. I was saying that a lot of the places, um, the queues and what have you, weren't too bad. Um, you were maybe talking about one or two deep. There was one um, that was absolutely jam-packed, and that was the Square Enix um, stand, which was showing... Oh, I've got the notes in front of me here. Where is it? It was Battalion 1944. 
I have no idea what this game is. It's by nope. Square Square Enix. It had an absolutely massive queue out the door uh, to get into the place. Um, I'm guessing it's just an awful lot of Square Enix fanboys, but if they think that's <laughs> something impressive to look at, then it probably is. Um, so overall, yeah, we had what a whistle-stop tour of maybe five hours on the Saturday. And uh, yeah, I got through a surprising number of games saw a lot and i'll probably get something written up for the blog about it because i took a fair amount of sort of pictures of the promotional posters and things um for a lot of it um i've been talking to one of our um sort of regular listeners on twitter about it um it's howard um at welsh benno um who's never been to london and never been to a gaming convention and was always curious um about possibly taking children to this i would say egx raised um was a really nice laid back it was busy um but it was easy enough to still keep an eye on the kids and uh, there was certainly enough for them to play and enjoy um as well without necessarily being overwhelmed by the atmosphere um it was it was a lovely event so a little bit more chilled out and yeah relaxed and well to be honest uh the the full egx last year it was kind of cool getting to see some of the uh, the big games, uh, and also queuing up for ages to play a game that I'd already got for some reason. <laughs> um, but the most fun I had was hanging around the, the rest section yeah. and, mm. and the little left field yep. tent, whatever you call that. Um, just checking out indie games, some of which I knew about, some of which I'd never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were some really cool games there. So the idea of going to like a a full version of that is quite appealing to me. I just couldn't make it this year, unfortunately. Uh, no. no, that's definitely one of the things. Um, I have tickets and everything booked for EGX this year. And I've now got, what, about less than six months to try and sort of figure out a better game plan this year to try and get around because even going to egx res there was so much that i didn't see that i really would have liked to um there was the vr zone um there's things like into the black on vr uh, a light in chorus uh, that i didn't get to see um overcooked were there again um there was things like jalopy uh Machia villain um you know the long journey home there was a huge amount of the stuff in the left field section that i just didn't have time for unfortunately um just so much stuff um that i really would have liked to have seen and talked a lot more to um you know to the developers and everything um it's so much to squeeze in and uh Mm. you know being there from what thursday to saturday um it's the devs seemed to really enjoy it but you could see they were definitely flagging a little bit and uh especially for the one you know the one developer teams um it's yeah it's a long weekend for them especially whenever they're um sitting talking so much to different people you've really got to love your game you know to actually just stand there yeah day in day out yeah absolutely explaining like giving like the 30 second sales pitch over and over and over (laughs) again yeah holding people's hands as they go through the tutorial over and over again (laughs) yeah without strangling people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so i yeah. took a number of the uh, laps gamer business cards with me and uh, exchanged quite oh, a few right. so it'll be interesting to see what uh, new contacts won't have you um nothing we actually make no out of this <laughs> yeah we'll see um one of the guys that i actually did um run into um actually had planned to meet up with uh, while i was there was andy who is the director of furry tail dragon studios um really really nice guy i had unfortunately missed um, speaking to him at EGX last year, um, but and he was just visiting um, EGX raised. But we kind of sort of started up a dialogue and what have you just on Twitter um, through various bits and pieces. I'd been speaking to him about um, sort of visiting the games and I um, stuff and what have you as well. So mm-hmm. it was really nice to actually um, get speaking to um, actually meeting um, people that you speak to on Twitter as well. Yeah, uh, which is really good. So that is me done. <laughs> <laughs> Take a deep breath. Yeah, exactly. He's spent. <laughs> um, shall we move on to your talking point then, Kev? Um, what? Um, hang on a wee second. There is just one more thing that is listed in the show notes here, Mark. Okay. <laughs> Persona 5 is released tomorrow, which we have already said. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yes. But there's a little note here that Kev has put in that Mark is a jammy, whiny bitch. And I put doubly so. 
explain. Well, no, I think that's just what Kev thinks of me anyway. Um, <laughs> so, oh God, back uh, in February, I pre-ordered the uh, Take Your Heart edition, like the collector's edition of Persona 5, because Persona 4 came out of nowhere for me, really, and became my favourite JRPG ever. And so I've been excited about Persona 5 for a good couple of years since they first teased it. Um, so, yeah, I ordered the special edition, um, booked tomorrow, uh, launch day, and the day after off. Uh, pre-ordered it from a uh, an online retailer who shall remain nameless and was guaranteed delivery for... Uh, tomorrow and then when I checked uh, Kev posted earlier on today with his little dispatch email uh, and I was like oh I haven't got one of mine uh, so I went and had a look and it's like hey, it will be, it'll be delivered maybe on Thursday <laughs> possibly sometime before 9 o'clock on Thursday and I was like what the fuck is this nonsense so I got in contact with the uh, retailer and whinged a lot continuously for a couple of hours until I think mainly just to get rid of me, uh, <laughs> I convinced them to refund me the cost of the digital version of the game so that I could download that and have it and then, you know, get the special edition in a few days when it would finally turn up. Uh, and then just as I was leaving work at five o'clock, got an email saying that the collector's edition has been dispatched and is arriving tomorrow. So with the refund that I got, uh, the collector's edition is costing me £25. Jeremy whiny <laughs> bitch. Down from 80 So... Yeah, more than usual, I'm a been a jammy whiny bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out. Getting that for cheaper than an awful lot of people are going to be playing paying for the single disc version is very impressive. Fucking twat, yeah. Lanka. It, it, but I know, I know, but it, it's it's this particular online retailer's own fault for fucking up colossally. Um, yes, and yes. having to put up with my whinging. <laughs> I'm really yeah. good at complaining for four hours uh, constantly on a Monday morning. Though no wonder they just gave up. Yeah, yeah, I've, I kind of feel sorry. So, um, customer service uh, representatives for said un, uh, uh, nameless online retailer. I'm really sorry for what I put you through this morning. <laughs> but yeah, it was a shitty Monday morning anyway, and that was just the turd on the top of that cake. So Never mind. You had a, a photo of a confused column to uh, raise your spirits halfway through. Exactly. Oh, I got <laughs> columns confused Monday morning face. I want one of those every Monday morning. Now, <laughs> if you're listening, column. Can we make this as a standing order? <laughs> yes. I want one confused column face picture every Monday morning. <laughs> Stop putting ideas into his head. <laughs> There's not many in there. Well, well, that's true. Anyway, moving swiftly on from yes. me gaming the system. Uh, Kev, you've got something you wanted to talk about. Well, yeah, it's a weird one, this, because um, we're on the eve of not just Persona 5, but tomorrow is the next batch of PS Plus games. Um, April's PS Plus games are a weird looking lineup. I've not actually heard of any of them. And um, over in the green room, you've been telling me about one of them, and I've had a look, and it does look good. Um, but the the lineup is Drawn to Death, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, Invisible's The Lost Kingdom, Alien Rage, which is probably the most generic title I've seen, and then there's Ten Second Ninja, and Curses and Chaos. All games that look like they could be quite good fun, mm -hmm. you know, but um, then I started looking through the social media just to see if anybody had got any thoughts on it, and uh, it was ridiculous. It was just like, why the hate? Every These, month. Every oh, it's single unbelievable. Month. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Where's my AAA game for free? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these are free games. These are built-in bonus because you subscribe to PS Network. Mm. You know, the, these were just thrown in as an extra. This was before Games with Gold ever became a thing. Yep. You know, they had to actually respond with it. And yeah. it's it's ridiculous, you know, because you get people bad-mouthing stuff that they've never heard of, they've mm -hmm. never even attempted to have a look at, mm -hmm. and you think, Jesus, man, if you're just not that bothered, just don't bother downloading it. Yeah. But don't just pour shit on it without even checking it out mm. first. Mm. There are there are legitimate 
things that you can complain about PSN for, like uh, the fact that you still can't change your handle if you wanted to, <laughs> um, and reasonably regular outages, mm-hmm. uh, which they don't have. Are you on... trying to change your handle from sexy trucker fucker? <laughs> Uh, no, no, I'm going to stay a sexy trucker fucker. Um, oh, sorry, but, uh, there are some people out there, because, you know, like, PSN's, uh, well, we've got that email um, recently, mm. PSN's a decade old, uh, yeah. and some people will have picked a dumb PSN name 10 years ago and be like, oh, this is just cringy, <laughs> like like an old Hotmail, Hotmail email address that you want to forget about, but you can't change it like you can on uh, Xbox Live. It's got its problems. Mm. Um there's plenty, so there are things to complain about, but PS Plus, like uh, the the free games, come on. The amount of offensive bile that's poured on PS Plus, it's ridiculous on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's almost like Tony Sony's just come round to their house and like hacked their kids up with a chainsaw made out of UMDs or something. It's <laughs> stupid. Yeah. I mean, personally, I'd I'd go for the oat for note look, you know, and just go, well, you know, let's just try it. It's there. It's free. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've got a ridiculous library now, but it's all there for nothing on my PS4. I can just pick it up whenever I have no inspiration. You know, some days you will just look at your, your games on your shelf and you just go, eh, no, I don't fancy any of them. I'm just going to have a dig through this. And a lot of them are really great little experiences. And, yeah. you know, we've talked about, so there's been some killer games. I mean, Rocket League last year, mm. Yeah, well, that's, One of the that's not, of the any, not only is that like an example of like uh, a really cool game that we got for free, but like PS Plus kind of the fact that it was free on PS Plus, which meant that loads of people downloaded it, helped that game become a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like the previous version uh, that had a very, very long title, which I can't remember. was well, not a million miles away from what Rocket League was now, but it didn't take off. But not only did they get the formulas right, but stick, sticking it out there for free uh, meant that it got it was, you know, it got huge and everybody was raving about it. So then when they released it later on Steam and then later on Xbox One, people are snapping it up. Um, and it's be- it became a game phenomenon because it was put out there for free. Mm-hmm. You've got stuff like, oh, I mean, Counter Spy. Counter yeah. Spy just came from nowhere and that made it into my top 10 last year. You know, yeah. that was just a really good gaming experience. But as talking as somebody that's not just a lapsed gamer, but an uber casual gamer, mm-hmm. you know, just... I don't get a great deal of time to do it. PS Plus is an absolute godsend because mm. these are games I'm not having to fork out a, a ton of money for just to find out that the shit. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 they don't float my boat i don't have to worry about it it's cost me nothing mm-hmm. you know i can just yeah. delete and especially if uh, like us you're lucky enough to have all three systems ps3 ps4 and vita oh my yeah uh then i was gonna say six games I mean, for anybody for anybody who has a ps vita um it's basically a lifeline um at the moment because yeah you know, yeah yeah oh my god they are yeah. nearly guaranteed at least one if not two games a month um that they can then play on their other console as well and for what, I think 40 I quid a four year? games for my Vita? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Total. Everything else is free games. Yeah. Well, I've got a 64 gigabyte memory card in my Vita and it's full. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just from PS Plus. I think there's probably a couple of games I've bought, like Akiba's Trip and Persona 4. But apart from that, everything else is just the free stuff. Yeah. I mean, like. Uh, people complaining about uh, April's games, but you've got, like, I'm just looking at the PS4 titles. So Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time is a really cool um, co-op uh, sort of space survival sort of game, isn't it? Like, you've played this, yeah. haven't you, Stu? What, the uh, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time? Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Uh, I haven't played it um, yet, okay. but uh, yes, it does look very, very good. It sounds like a Stuart game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seems like the sort of thing. Like, well, I've, I've got it on Steam from a, a humble bundle, yeah. so I'm surprised you. You've probably got uh, it. And you don't like, even know. More than likely, do. Yes. <laughs> more than likely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an indie game. It's got a daft title. Of course, I've got it. Yeah, of course you've got it. Uh, and Drawn to Death was something that was shown off at the PlayStation Experience the other year, and we always assumed it was just going to be like a paid-for game, but no, it's launching for free on PS Plus. Yeah. It's a really cool-looking, a really unique art style, like mm. third-person multiplayer brawler um, that could be really good. Um, it does look like a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's well, it's not free, 
Because we are paying a subscription service well, to access these yeah, games. Yeah, but it's, it's a built-in extra because we would have to pay the thirty nine ninety nine anyway just to play online, which yes. is what Xbox were doing for a decade before PlayStation started doing it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there was ever going to be like a gaming drought where nothing good came out for a while or I just didn't have the <laughs> funds to buy games, I've just got this almost endless catalogue of games yeah some of them i've just been uh, i need to play i really need to play some of them i need to go back and play some more of um invisible ink that game we got a couple of months ago oh my that word really that is good. cool yeah yeah i was looking at the um report from 2014 um on polygon and in 2014 on playstation plus if you got every game that were available each month um, this is over in states. You would have got one thousand three hundred dollars worth of free games. I don't. People like to complain, there's, there, but yes, there's complaining and just being daft about it, though. Mm. I I don't like this big bag of really fun things that you have just given me because you know I don't. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, I'm I'm going to come round to your house and get your children. Yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> what. <laughs> What I is wrong always, with you people? Um, I always check the comments under when they, they, the um, the the uh, titles go up. Uh, the PS Plus launch title goes go up on the official PlayStation blog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always check the comments underneath, and every month, without fail, I'll see comments saying, "Oh, another collection of of uh, you know uh, indie games that nobody wants." I'm going to cancel my PS Plus subscription, and I'm pretty sure I see the same people saying that every single <laughs> month, and yet they don't cancel their PS Plus subscription. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it is literally just people complaining because they're not getting, uh, you know, AAA games that they expect to get. And it's like, well, you know, if the publisher of the AAA games don't want them given out for free because they don't want to devalue them that, that much, then, you know, whatever. That's not to say you've not had AAA games. I mean, we've had, we've had Tearaway last month. Jesus Christ. And a Defence Force, for fuck's sake. <laughs> EDF, <laughs> mate, yes. Yeah. Terrible, <laughs> terrible frame rate and all, but you get to shoot massive ants. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would much rather have a collection of interesting like indie and, and double-A games than some two-year-old triple-A game that didn't sell well enough when it came out to warrant anyone's time. Mm, yeah. was, that your, was that your whinge for the week, Kev? Yeah, that's my chest cleared. <laughs> <laughs> right, quick shout-outs. So, poor confused column of last save loaded, our oldest fan, our <laughs> oldest living fan, I should probably clarify, as he likes to point out, because we have so many dead fans. <laughs> so he had to sit down in a little dark room for a while to try and make sense of episode 56 that went out on April 1st. Get well soon, Colm. We love you. <laughs> um, Connor McCurvey um, from Joypad and me spotted the date straight away and breathed a sigh of relief that it wasn't just our final episode. Go have a listen to episode 56. Uh, we just had a little bit of fun making it and um, we hope you enjoy it. And if any of the indications come back are true, I could be getting a spin off podcast out of it. <laughs> but, but we'll have to wait and see. I did get a, a rather confused text message from Andy Palmer, past and uh, hopefully future guest Andy Palmer, at half past eight in the morning on Saturday, saying, <laughs> I'm behind on the podcast, but what's this final show nonsense? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, we did get a tweet also from Kitty Crawford, uh, one of our previous guests as well, and uh, saying, what, really? Final episode already? <laughs> and I just replied back saying, check, what's the date? And she just went, dope. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun episode it was it was really good it yeah. was <laughs> it's the b- most bizarre gaming podcast you'll ever hear <laughs> yeah <laughs> it does have gaming content <laughs> um yeah Werner Herzog yeah, Werner in his basement <laughs> talking about eggs <laughs> yeah I, um yeah I'm quite surprised we managed to to wrangle him he was quite difficult to get hold of yeah. he was um he's in it hanging out in a cave uh planning out his uh <laughs> next documentary about the I think he said it was going to be about the UK grime scene um, so he's quite a busy man yeah, oh, I hope just uh, hope we can get him on later in the, the year to um, possibly review Persona 5 that would be good oh that would be lovely yeah I'll, maybe I'll email him and tell him that Klaus Kinski's in it and um, he'll be straight <laughs> in he'll give it a play <laughs> uh, right any other business no I've got no we business with you 
<laughs> right, no, no further business with me. Right, okay. I'm, I do not oh, want right, to see well, or hear from any of you until next week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, uh, in that case, then, well, yeah, contact details as always. Um, Twitter at lapsgamer. Uh, email us lapsgamerradio at gmail.com. Visit the website lapsedgamer.com. I'm away to lie in bed and touch myself and think about Persona 5. <laughs> I will see you fine gentlemen next week. Ciao. Bella. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.